Okay, so I feel really honored to be able to speak today. And again, my, my allergies are bothering me, so I apologize. Um, I'm Jane, compulsive overeater. Uh, I am a retread with OA. So uh, I was here in, I was in the rooms locally here in Portland, Oregon um, in 2008. Um, I came crawling into the rooms, literally at my highest weight, I was 265, might've been more, but I kind of stopped weighing myself. Um, and I had my dad on the phone and my dad was, um, he was talking to me. He was saying, Janie, you can do this. You can go, you can do this. And my, um, my family riddled with addiction on both sides, just, just every generation, you know, so kind of us kids never had a chance. Um, if you look at it that way. So I always check in with my daughter just to see how she's doing, take temperature because, our family and her dad's family, again, riddled with addiction, depression, you know, anxiety, all of those things. So um, I made it to the door of the meeting. A lady opened it up and said, come on in. Went in, sat down, looked around, thought to myself, I'm not one of them. Now, why did I, why did I think that? I'm not one of them, but I did. Um, because I just, every time since I was a kid, I would join something, but I would always feel like, and I've heard other members say this before, I'm not going to call you out, but I always feel like I'm sitting in the, in the back section, you know, kind of, kind of like this, you know, show me, I might believe, I might not believe, um, but sitting in the rafters basically. Um, but I was sitting right in the middle of all these women. So I stayed for a year. Um, I lost weight. Uh, I, um, you know, all these, these wonderful things happened, because I lost weight, right? But actually they didn't. They were actually pretty, pretty bad things that happened now when I look back. But because my thinking was so diseased, you know, and I, I want to talk about um, where that came from, but I did lose um, 110 pounds the first time. So everybody's like, yay, you did it. Yay. You know, um, but things around me changed and triggers started, you know, popping up, popping up, popping up. So um, what were the triggers? Uh, the attention was the first trigger because I wasn't zipped up in my fat suit anymore. So I couldn't be the funny fat best friend. I couldn't be um, the funny girl, you know, that, that just the chubby girl that tells jokes or whatever. I, I couldn't do that anymore because I, I didn't have that protection anymore. Um, and so uh, behaviors of um, the opposite sex and also my same gender too. Uh, but you know, people reaching out, feeling like it's okay to touch me in the elevator when I've worked with you for, you know, four years and you've never said hello to me before. And all of a sudden, you know, now that I look more socially acceptable, you're vice president of my company. You're going to start talking to me. You're going to invite me to lunch. It was gross. It, it was, I mean, I can't think of another word for it. It was gross. And of course it sent me right back into, um, into that shell. So I, another 12 years of, you know, misery, pain waves and all that stuff um, to get to the point where I was last March. So where did it start? Um, as a kid, you know, my house was very diseased. Um, I, again, you know, there were riddled with addictions, my mom's eating disorder, you know, her heavy chain smoking. Um, my dad left when I was six, you know, boohoo. I know it happens to a lot of us. It was the seventies. We kind of stood out because families didn't get divorced then, you know? Um, so my mom got captured and I like to say captured because it really is true. She got in the web of um, a sexual predator and ended up marrying him. Um, so 
you know, fast forward the next eight years of my life, my sister's life, my brother's life. Um, And I'm just going to, I'm not going to say anything other than when it ended, um, we ended up getting away after eight years and uh, I'll never forget this part. So one of the neighbors called me, I called our family and said, are you guys okay? And my mom's like, yeah, we're, we're safe. We're okay. Apparently my um, stepdad had uh, gone to the house to find us with a big knife and um, we weren't there, you know, we had escaped. And so rather than, you know, not making a big scene because like, there's nobody to show off to, right. You're, you're a narcissist, you're a you know sexual predator, you're a weirdo. You want everybody to pay attention to you. So he took the knife and he stabbed himself in the gut and went walking around the neighborhood bleeding saying, see what they did to me, see what they did to me. And so that's kind of the household I came from. Um, it made me strong and it made me stronger and it made me stronger, but I had to be weak first before I could be strong. So I had to use the first te- couple decades of my life to um, blame everything on my past. You know, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. Um, you wouldn't have known it by talking to me, but that's what was going on in my head. So um, all the relationships I had in my life, if you've watched uh, one of my favorite movies is The Runaway Bride. And uh, Julia Roberts talks about um, how she doesn't know what kind of eggs she likes. You know, the, the reporter asks her, what kind of eggs do you like? And she's like, well, I don't know. Well, when she was with this guy, she liked scrambled eggs. When she was with this guy, she liked eggs over easy. This guy, it was eggs Benedict. Well, that's, that was me. I followed every relationship, every friendship, every work relationship, everything with being a chameleon and fitting into where, to where you were. Um, and that's where I wanted to be because you were normal. I wasn't normal. You were normal. And it didn't matter what weight I was. I, I could be a size four. I could be a size 24 and it didn't matter. It was the same disease thinking. It was the same, you know, I'm not good enough. Sit in the back of the room, back of the bus, whatever. Um, so I followed everybody. And it, because of that, I had some great experiences. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kid you. Um, I opened an ice cream store, you know, I was my own best customer, but I opened an ice cream store at one point for three years. I was a makeup artist. I worked in real estate. I mean, I had all these just, you know, fantastic experiences because I was a chameleon and I didn't know where I fit in. Um, and I wouldn't give those experiences up for the world. I, I really would not. Um, so fast forward to, um, like 2000 and, 10, I guess, 2011, I was getting my uh, certification to be a, um, an advocate for uh, the court systems. So to be like a um, domestic violence advocate for women and um, feeling really good. You know, I was a size four, I had the world by the tail, you know, all of that. And um, whew, so the very last class um, that I took with, for the certification was a um, 90 minute class on called men who batter. And I thought, well, here's something cool. I can get into the head of my, you know, my stepdad and kind of figure out why batterers do what they do. And um, Eddie, how am I doing on time? You've got uh, about 14 minutes. Oh, okay. Left. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, I, I'm sitting through this class and this nice young band uh, named Matt was teaching it. And he was, he's a counselor and he works with um, men who have battered for, for more than a decade. Uh, and he worked at a really innovative agency that worked with both um, batterers and survivors. 
So I'm listening to this guy and I'm thinking to myself, you know, okay, I really got to get out of here. You know, I, at the time I was working a full-time job, I was finishing up my bachelor's degree at Merrill Hurst. I was doing all these, you know, all these things at once. And I was listening, but I, you know, you know, when you're not listening with intent and I was just kind of like, you know, I got to get to the end. Some things were very interesting. Um, but at the end, Matt brought up a young woman and um, he said, this is my friend. We'll call her Stacy. This is my friend Stacy, and she has a story to tell you. Now, in this room, I'm sitting in the regular U-shaped classroom uh, thing. I had uh, Clackamas County sheriffs next to me who were required to take these classes uh, for their job. I had advocates from other agencies like um, ERCO, which is like um, Russian, uh, Chinese, um, you know, immigrants uh, that they helped. I had, you know. Um, just people from all these different programs that needed to take these domestic violence awareness classes and get their certification. I was just doing it for school um, to get my degree. So Matt brings up this woman and she's very quiet. And it's kind of that quiet where you almost, you have to lean forward because you really wanna hear what she's gonna say because you have a feeling it's gonna be something important. And she started launching into her story about how she grew up. And I was like, okay. And I was riveted from the second that she started talking. And it was probably only maybe a minute or two until she stopped talking. And then she quietly walked away. But what she dropped on us in that minute and a half was, was the permission that I was never given to talk about uh, my past. You know, I, I had always covered it up, run away from it, you know, all of that. In that 60 seconds, she laid down permission for me to say, hey, this is what happened to me. And this is, um, it, it, if you look at the mental health movement right now, um, it is all about what's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? You know, what's the matter with you? How can we fix it with a pill? But even as early as back then um, in 2010, I knew that asking somebody or showing somebody what happened to them was way more important, right? So at the time I was still eating, I was starting to, to eat and I was starting to get back into my old habits, um, putting on weight slowly throughout this 12 year period. And um, it just, you know, I always try to think of one way to encapsulate like that time period because um, it was, there was so much growth. I basically, I told Matt, I said, I need to meet you. I don't care where we meet but I need to find out what it is you do. So he introduced me to this group and I ended up um, two weeks later, I'd never told my story in my entire life ever. And I ended up telling it in front of 45 criminals arrested for domestic violence. And I just literally laid out my story. It was a panel of three women. And um, from then on, I found my voice. Um, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. I had another failed marriage. I had you know other things happen. I put on a lot of weight, lost weight, put on weight, lost weight, put on weight never walked back into OA for 12 years. Um, and mainly I think because I wanted to forget about my past, you know, and that was part of my past. So if it, you know, if it didn't, if it didn't work then it worked then, but it's not gonna work now kind of a thing. Um, so let's go to, sorry guys, I'm a little nervous. Let's go to um, this last uh, March, 2020 and um, I was walking my dad through hospice. I was helping him on his journey to Jesus, as I say, and I was living with him. And um, I got down on my hands and knees in March of 2020. I'd been with my dad and then uh, September, October, November, well, 
and about four months I'd been there. And he had every dessert, every cookie, every everything in his house. I was surrounded by everything and um, trying desperately to do Weight Watchers and to, you know, whatever I was doing, keto, who knows what I was doing. Um, but I was trying desperately to, to do something because I was then uh, a size 20 and almost back to my original weight. Um, not quite, maybe 40 pounds away, but close enough, you know. Um, so I got down on my hands and knees here in my little apartment. And that's a hard thing because I have arthritic knees. <laughs> I got down on my hands and knees and I just said, God, I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to die like this you know, stuffing my face and find me on the couch in a heart attack or a stroke at, you know, 55, but I don't know what to do. I went to the computer right here. It was over there at the time, uh, found OA, found Zoom. I fully intended to try to find a, a room that was open and didn't realize that OA was on Zoom. So I found you guys just like, just like a lot of us did here, attitude adjustment. And because the name stood out, I said, you know what? I think this is the one I need to go to first. And I did go to some others. Um, but that was, that was 391 days ago that that happened. Um, roughly, or I've been to 391 meetings, one or the other, but it was over a year. Um, and I've had as of today, 300 days of abstinence. Um, thank you. The journey has been unbelievable. The growth has been unbelievable. You guys have taught me so much that I can't even, I can't even begin to thank you. Thank you will never be enough. The only way I can thank you all is by being here faithfully as many days a week as I can. Like our good friend Stan always says, I go to a meeting every day. So I eat every day. Um, so, and, and spread the message of joy. Um, so this week, I'm, uh, I'm involved in um, a new startup company. And I assumed that uh, everybody around me would be just as excited as I was about it. That didn't happen. So I had some friends that just laid on me, just, excuse my French, bitched me out from one end to the other for leaving what I was doing and going to a new startup company. And I didn't expect that. I'd already had this whole thing in my head as we always do with, you know, addiction. You know, I pre-planned what everybody was going to say. I pre-planned what everybody, you know, everybody's reactions. And I should have known better because in the last year, if there's something I've learned is, you know, yesterday's a canceled check and tomorrow hasn't happened. So I should not have been pre-planning all of these uh, reactions from people, but I did. And I went into this conversation with these folks thinking, oh, they're going to be just as excited as I am. And it didn't turn out that way. And if it had been a year ago before I found you all, I would have been a puddle on the floor. I would have been scrambled eggs all over the floor. I probably would have given up uh, what I was going to do and stayed where I was and pleased more people and, you know, um, figured out that, you know, these, I just, I wouldn't have gone with my original decision. You guys have taught me my power, my light, my strength. It's not like this every day. You know, I cry every day. I try to figure out every day where God wants me. But I have a quick story to tell you that happened this morning. And I can't believe it happened this morning on the day that I'm supposed to speak. All right. Five minutes. Thank you. So I started um, last fall. I was broker than broke 
y'all, my other business had, you know, the income had gone away. I was struggling and I started making these lamps and everybody liked them and everybody wanted to buy them. And soon I was getting, you know, a check for $50 here, a check for $25 here. So God provided me just enough to get me through the fall, right? Just enough as he always does. Kept the lights on, kept food in the fridge, um, you know, kept my internet going so I could talk to you guys. And um, along the way, I was doing a lot of thrifting. I, you know, I upcycle things like so a lot of thrifted lampshades, a lot of thrifted jars, you know, things like that. So I had like, I have like 75 lampshades right now. Okay. And believe me, I'm going to make sense here in a second. So um, I started doing this in September. And again, God was providing for me. He was saying, just keep going forward, keep going forward, keep going forward. And I was in a, um, in a conference a few weeks ago, and this opportunity to go to this new startup came to me, dropped in my lap. And this morning, I was standing at the mirror, and I was looking in the mirror, and I'm putting, putting on my makeup, and I'm consultant number 34 in this new startup company, right? And that's the closest I've ever gotten to, you know, realizing that I'm in the right place because right after that 600 people, you know, signed up. So it was like, okay, I'm number 34. Okay. So I'm going to take this and we'll run with it. Who knows what's going to happen, but I feel like it's God's, you know, God put it in my lap. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm putting on mascara, right. I'm thinking to myself, 34, where have I heard 34 before? I've heard that number before. I can't figure it out. And, um, I walked back into my bedroom, which is now my lamp studio, and it's covered with, with lamps all over the place, parts and bits and all kinds of stuff. And um, I want to show you this picture. Um, hold on. So I walked back in my room, and this is what you see when you walk in there. You see all of my lampshades. I've got them kind of organized on the, uh, on the wall, but, you know, I've got, I mean, but it's a mess. I got stuff piled everywhere. So I walked back in there and, and it was like, I wasn't walking. It was like, God was taking me on a walk to show me something seriously. I don't know what I was doing. I was supposed to be getting ready. And I get, I get back there and I look down at the pile of shades, the pile of lampshades and they're just stacked. There's one at the bottom. I'm number 34 in this new company. I've had the shade since September y'all. I've had it since September. I picked it up in a thrift store. I thought, this is kind of cool. It looks like an old bowling shirt or, you know, something kind of vintagey. And I thought, I'll just pick it up and see. Holy macaroni. If that's not a sign that you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be. But I think until we get our heads cleared, you know, our food uh, cleared up and that food fog gone, we miss all those signs, you know. And what would have happened if I would have missed that sign, you know, and not been here? and miss that sign over there. Um, you guys have saved my life, literally saved my life. And I'm 57 pounds down now, um, happier than I've ever been, scared as hell about my, this new journey. And, um, but the only thing I know for sure is that I'm gonna be here every single day that I can because you guys show me the signs. I hear it from each and every one of you. I hear the signs every day and now I've seen one. So. I love you. And I'm going to end it with that. Um, so I guess we need to go on with the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the format. I'm going to dry mouth here. I've been talking a lot. 
Thanks, you guys. I hope anything craziness that I said helped maybe just a little. So 